Hello, and welcome to episode one of A Star to Steer Her By. I'm Chris. I'm Jake. I'm Caitlin. And this is Ames. Just had to be different, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Off to a good start. So, to start, we're actually going to pull back the curtain, and I am going to admit that this is the second take of our first episode. For a second, I felt really uncomfortable, like we're going to pull back the curtain, like you're exposing yourselves to the listeners. God right damn it, back. Chris, put the curtain back! Thank goodness it's a podcast. Yes. Pay no attention to that pervert behind medium. the curtain. But yes, this is actually our second take of our first episode, because yours truly was editing it, and uh, did not know... That you don't make a copy of an Audacity job by right-clicking and then hitting paste. Whoops. So, uh, but I figure, you know, it's a good thing, because Star Trek had two pilots, why shouldn't we? But much like the second pilot of Star Trek, this episode won't be much better than our last go. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I'm, I'm the only one here from the original one. Uh, there were more women and Jeffrey Hunter. The women! The women! <laughs> I'm going to look forward to talking about that in the next episode. Yes. Unfortunately, Kelso will die tonight. That's true, poor fucker. Um, yes, if you haven't guessed yet, just fair warning, you know, this is this is a Star Trek podcast, so maybe you think it's going to be wholesome, family-friendly entertainment. This depends upon your definition. We are sweary people, and we don't intend to curb that. And also, we feel at some point there probably has to be just a whole episode dedicated to a lengthy and detailed uh, conversation about what we think Captain Kirk's junk looks like, you know, by the end of the movies, just from all the space STDs he had. So, I'm getting some wonderful looks from around the table. I should probably just move on to the program proper. What is the program proper? The I'm still hung up on the, on the space STDs. Yeah, that, there was no discussion of... Like depictions of, uh, you know, first you're exposing yourself behind the curtain, and now we're talking about Kirk's junk. Oh, I knew this was coming up. So I, was gonna say, I, I talked to Chris. somebody about making a joke about Kirk's horrible space Kirk's junk. Kirk's junk is always coming up, and right, that's his problem. I'm glad it was somebody. So, anyway, point is, what is the point of the program? The point of the program is to, with the exception of this episode, sit down and go through the whole of Star Trek. More or less in order. We're going to do the original series. We're going to do the animated series for some reason. We're going to do the movies. We'll do, you know, the newer series, the newer movies. Uh, you know, we're not really going to worry too much about the order when it comes to the shows overlapping. We're not going to be that crazy. But we're going to sit and we're going to talk about them. Uh, you know, sort of we're going to criticize and pick apart and maybe just make fun of if it's a particularly bad one, looking at you, Spock's brain. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and hopefully have some fun with it. Uh, oh, yeah, I've requested already that we also include Galaxy Quest. Yes, yes, Star Trek-related material, Galaxy Quest, the Star Trek episode of Futurama, things like that. Um, the original plan was to do an episode per episode until I did the math and realized that even if they stopped making Star Trek after this season of Discovery hits this coming January, uh, even if we never missed a week, you know, one episode per episode, one episode per movie, it would take approximately 14 years, and that seemed a bit daft. So we're going to start with two per episode, um, probably three per episode for the animated series because they're shorter, and probably the discussion will mostly be, why is this so bad? Someone help me. Uh, and we will, we will go from there. But this being the, the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, when this is initially aired, we thought it would be good to talk about the series in a more general way, and also be a good way for you to get to know the four of us uh, by our experience with Star Trek. Um, and I've sort of gone on quite long enough, so we'll get to me later. Let's start with Jake. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> now over to Ames with sports. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, yeah, Star Trek. Um, heard of it? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. All kidding aside, uh, yeah, Star Trek has uh, been... A part of my life, uh, probably about since prenatal. Uh, yeah, as long as I've had life. You uh, you had like like little jumpers in in the uniforms as you were a baby, right? I I can only assume. 
Um, but yeah, no, I was I was sort of born into Star Trek. Both my parents were uh, were longtime fans of the original series. TNG came out when I was very little, and you know, so it was sort of my first exposure to Star Trek. You know, proper was was through TNG. Uh, so that's really sort of my what I associate most with with Star Trek is is Next Generation. But of course, I am a huge fan of all Star Trek. I love the original series. I've uh, DS Nine is absolutely incredible. Voyager is a show that was on TV, um, <laughs> and and I hear there's like three or four good episodes of, of Enterprise, but uh, but TBD on that. <laughs> it's gonna be a couple years till we get to Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, and it's true. We will have watched Shades of Grey by then, so there's a good chance Enterprise will look very good in comparison. But yeah, so that that's sort of where I come from. Uh, you know, as I said, I've, ever since I was a little kid, going to Star Trek conventions in costume and being interviewed by local media as little baby Spock and not breaking character once, I don't think. So the the saddest looking child at the Star Trek convention. But uh, yeah. And that's that's the, the child the newsman tried to interview. Yeah, yeah. You would think that they would they would pick somebody that looked like they were having fun. I mean of course I was having incredible amounts of fun. I just you know, I was a Vulcan. That I, wouldn't have been logical. Yeah, what could I do? You know, I can't <laughs> I'm not gonna laugh or smile or run around. Um, you would think that they would smile more if only because it uses less muscles than frowning. Well, to be fair, they don't frown. They just have resting bitch face as a species. It's nice. true. It's true. Resting bitch face as a species. But uh, but yeah. So uh, I'm not going to go into too much more detail than that. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of uh, our our Star Trek pedigree will come out as we uh, <laughs> as we uh, move forward in this yes. endeavor. You're yes. a French poodle, and the rest of us are deformed chihuahuas. Clearly. Okay. Isn't there an episode where there's, like, a little dog dressed as, like, a Triceratops? <gasps> I think that's the one where Kirk gets split into good Kirk and evil yeah, Kirk. Yeah, we there's have special... Dog and good dog. We should have, we should have special animal corner when that, those things happen. I'm know, on so We can go on for ages about the pets. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Speaking I'll of pets, we that. should probably mention our not-so-silent co-hosts, uh, Darmok and Jalad, who oh my are, God. are having oodles of fun... Defeating the beast at Tanagra right now. <laughs> yes, they will make it onto microphone at some point with they, if they are extra rowdy. Yes. G- Jim and Jim as we know them. Well, back to you, Chris. Thank you, Jake. Uh, I think now we should move we can, on to say, Caitlin. Probably, you probably don't need to. This actually happened on the original version too. You passed it back to me when it was Caitlin's turn. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just funnier that way. That's true. You can talk now, Caitlin. Oh, thanks, Jake. This will probably be the only time for the whole episode. No, I'm just um, now let me talk some more. God damn it. <laughs> this is just like the first time. Uh, so I am probably the least versed or second least. I'm not really sure, Ames. We well, can... I think we battle on a, on a uh, series by series basis, Caitlin. Because okay. I think you know some of the, the series that I don't know. Okay, perfect. So Ames and I are the, <laughs> are the opposite sides of the perfect casual fan coin. Um, That's a fair assessment. Most of my knowledge is from the original series. I've seen a lot of the original series. But my first exposure to Star Trek was different. Um, I actually knew what Tribbles were before I was aware of what Star Trek was, because back in like the Windows 95 days or whatever, um, we had a screensaver where a little Tribble would appear and it would make its little Tribble noises, and then more Tribbles would appear until they filled up the whole screen, and then it would empty again. And so that was a thing that we had in our house uh, when I was growing up. I don't understand why screensavers have to have a sound component. Well, that's because you never had After Dark. This is true. After Dark was amazing. I just had the one where you type in something for it to say during during screensaver time, and it would say that. People would get in trouble at school because they'd write, like, butts, and then <gasps> the word butts would be floating around the computer. Scandalous. But yeah, so that After Dark screensaver was my first actual exposure, and then... Interestingly enough, I think the first episode that I ever saw of the original series of Star Trek was uh, The Trouble with Tribbles, and since then I've seen a lot more of it. I've seen I've seen 
movies two through six of the original series films. I've seen a little bit of Next Gen, but like just like half of the first season or something like that. Ooh, not a good intro. Yeah, that's what I. That's what everyone <laughs> keeps saying. I actually don't think it's that bad. I just like I just didn't have a lot of time to. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Chris is making a face. It just didn't ever really bother me. It's. I mean, for for me, you know, it's actually not that bad. It's just when you compare it to what comes later, it's it pales. So sometime two and a half years from now, I too will look down you will, upon you will, you will first season it. next gen. But yes, and I've seen the I've actually seen the Tribble episode of Deep Space Nine, Trials and Tribulations, I believe. And I've seen the new um who's it, JJ Abrams? I've seen the Abrams Star Trek films. Yeah, well he directed the first two. The newest one was Justin Lin. Okay, well good on you, Justin Lin. I really like the show. I'm looking forward to having like a really solid excuse to watch the rest of it. I'm especially excited about the animated series because it just looks fucking awful. So I think that's going to be really great. How about you, Ames? How about me, Caitlin? Well, I would start by saying when I was in probably most of elementary school through high school, I would watch The Simpsons every day, twice a day, because that's when it was on on television all the time. After homework, it was the gift of watching The Simpsons. And after The Simpsons, Voyager would come on, and instead of using a remote control... It would just stay on during whatever else I would be doing. <laughs> hey, Mom, I want some ice cream. Don't bother turning on off the television. We might as well watch this. But I liked some of Voyager. I don't remember much of it, but I remember it not being as negative as everyone else keeps telling me it is. Jake is making a face at me. Ooh. Mm. Um, Voyager, the one with um, Captain Janeway. Captain Janeway and the hologram doctor. And he was good. I'll I, love, I yeah. like the hologram doctor. I like the hologram doctor. I think the the Borg as a concept is fascinating, even if they got a little a little seven of nine heavy with all of her her big bouncy bits. <laughs> Just how, to clarify, seven you of nine top heavy. <laughs> oh. oh wow! How can you not though? She had some some impressive assets. I take it from what you're saying. You'll you'll see, Caitlin. You'll see. I look forward to it. It'll be it'll be a good time. No, and then Jake introduced me to a lot of the rest of Star Trek. So I I watched a lot of. What Jake considers the good episodes of TNG. I think we started with Darmok, maybe. Possibly. Possibly. It sounds like something we would do. You didn't uh, start with the Space Madness episode? Which one? <laughs> the, the, they did more than one on Next Gen? I guess, I mean... But the one that was literally named after the original yeah, series episode the naked, they were ripping the, off. The, the, Can you the, what is the naked, the naked Now? That's the TNG Yeah, I think one. Naked, naked Time, time is... is yeah. mm. Jesus, so bad. Or the times that the holodeck tries to kill everyone every couple of episodes. <laughs> every other Thursday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody at Starfleet really just needs to... Fix that? Yeah. Like Or read a book instead. Well like who who what whose decision was it to make the safety protocols optional? Yeah, that's actually that's a really good Like question. who was like, you know what, one of these days we're gonna want something that actually can kill us. This is actually going a little far afield, but I read a good chunk of the New Frontier novels in high school. Mm. New Frontier was a series of novels by Peter David, a big science fiction and comics writer. And it was the, you know, the, the stories of the, was it the Excalibur? So it was, you know, mostly original crew and stories. I say mostly because they, like, plucked some random, appeared on Next Gen two or three times characters to become regulars. But I remember that in, in, in uh, one of the books, which had, like, a bit of the captain's backstory, it was talking about him back in the day, one of his first Starfleet assignments, and their chief of security was killed... Because she'd basically been in a holodeck version of the Avengers with the safety protocols off. And I want to say, like, she got fucking pummeled by Thor's hammer or something. So, yeah, why are those optional? Excellent question. Well, I mean, this is like, this has nothing to do with Star Trek, but you've seen Jurassic Park. (laughs) You know, you know, when the park starts to go down and, you know, Crocodile Dundee is like, how many times do I have to tell them to, to lock the doors? And it's like, yeah, how many times do you have to tell them? Yeah, you would think that would just go without saying, like... I mean, of all, of all of the places in the world to not have raptor-proof doors... <laughs> Jurassic Park does seem like a bad choice. I mean, there's, there's a lot of problems with Jurassic Park. I mean, being fair, they had just reinvented dinosaurs. They hadn't had time for the door technology to catch up I mean, to it, the genetics. It also, it's also like, you know, we, you know, he's Hammond spared no expense except he hired one 
Sysadmin. And, and underpaid him. And underpaid him. And it was Newman. <laughs> like, come on, Hammond. They at least hired two guys. Two Newmans. Yeah, but then he would have wound up with Kramer as well. And that That's would have true. probably was been Newman even worse. Was Newman ever on Star Trek? I feel like he would have shown up as like it a sleazy, seems, like... It feels like... He should have, but I don't like think During he the did. 90s, he, like he yeah. would have turned up. He could have been a Ferengi. Yeah, I, I, don't think so. I think Jason Alexander turns up on... Maybe on Enterprise. Really? Mm. Really? I, I don't know. I might be imagining that. That might be a. That awesome might that may be a beautiful. I mean, I know. I mean, Red Foreman shows up in Voyager, which is great. Hot Red dog. Foreman shows up in Star Trek Six. That's true. He does. He's the president. He's of the a president. Of Federation. Who's, who's Red Foreman? The father from, from that seventy uh, show. That seventy show. Red Foreman's the oh, character. His true. real name is. Not that. No, it's he's got kind of a weird name, doesn't he? Yeah, he's also the bad guy Weirder in the first Robocop. Yeah, that's right. He was also a dance instructor in the terrible sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Mm, the things you learn. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's yeah. I didn't know he showed up in Voyager too, that's cool. Uh, yeah, he plays the uh he plays this uh I won't spoil it. Okay. It's a it's one it's actually one of the best episodes or it's actually I think a two parter. It's one of the best of uh, Voyager, I think. But yeah. looking that'll be a few years down the road. Yeah. I feel like Nedry could play the merchant who sells the tribbles in the trouble with yes, tribbles if they yes, ever redid he it. Could. He would be a really good. What's That'd his name? Amazing. Cyrano Jones, I think. Is it Cyrano? That sounds right. It's definitely Cyrano. Why I do I know Cyrano his Jones. name is Cyrano? Why not? Uh, anyway. Anything else, Aim? Sorry, I feel like we we, we kind of jumped off oh, from no, you and tangent. No. And these are these are all beautiful, beautiful tangents. I'm glad I can spark them with whatever nonsense I say. <laughs> Other, other than that, I've seen the more recent movies. I've seen very few of the original movies. But one thing you'll learn about me is that I hate fun. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. That was a great one. So I like, I, I tend to like the more heady cere- cerebral stuff. And whenever people are, say, going on adventures and having fun, I am bored out of my mind. So, <laughs> sorry, J.J. Abrams. Motorcycles are a no-go with me. Oh. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I was like, ugh, really? We're doing the motorcycle thing? Well, you haven't seen Nemesis. I haven't seen Nemesis. Oh my god, I forgot about the dune buggies. Dune buggy. Are you kidding me? There are dune buggies and Nemesis? And Captain Picard is the action hero. And, like, Worf is hanging off the back with a goddamn turret. Being fair, they, spoilers. They, they started... <laughs> Picard is the action hero with first contact. Oh, that's when he's true. like swinging on cables, and it's like, where did this come from? Oh yeah, yeah. wasn't the whole thing like? I feel like when the debate of Kirk v Picard comes up, they're always like, well, you know, Picard's the brainy one. Until the movies, when they're just like, fuck it, you're Tarzan in space. Go yeah. beat the shit out of F. Murray Abraham. Avenge Mozart. Well, arguably, <laughs> arguably, though, that's why a lot of people that really like the show don't like the film yeah. because they mm. wind up taking it in a totally different direction because they feel like it has to be more... Well, a, mo- a movie is very different from a, from a television show, too. Oh, yeah. right? Because you're crammed in a room in a theater, nomming down popcorn. You have to wear pants. You mm. Well, you don't have to. I've <laughs> <laughs> Just ask uh, Pee Herman. <laughs> Seriously, who'd have thought that you could get arrested for jerking it in a porn theater? I figured that was standard operating it procedure. Seems, it no? seems odd to have a porn theater and you can't jerk it. Like that just—I I don't want to go to porn theaters knowing that. Well, it's like strip clubs. It, it never makes any sense. You go to like we get a boner, but you can't touch the ladies. How do they, how do they make right. the floor so sticky? I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's from the Skittles, Jake. You dirty bastard. <laughs> oh, I dear. prefer snow caps. <laughs> oh, I used to love snow caps. Snow caps are the, best, are the best movie theater candy. They're chocolatey and, cr- oh my and God, crunchy. Okay. This is not Star Trek related at all. This is snow <laughs> caps a, related. Fine. This has been for the past minute. Hey, but, this is getting to know us. No, this no, is it's amazing. amazing. I'm, I'm personally enjoying it. Now so, the audience knows we like snow caps. So yeah, there was big. some... I don't know how much you know about um, the works of... What's what's that director's name? Uh, he did Melancholia. Need another one. Three syllables. I don't know proper nouns, Jake. I don't know what a melancholia is. It's a movie. I know the movie, but I can't think of the app. Um, I won't even mention it. Lars von Trier. There we go. My old roommate, Nate, was a uh, big Lars von Trier fan. And I didn't really know much about Lars von Trier, but uh, when the movie Antichrist came out... Oh, God, this story. Which is a horrifying movie, and uh, I mean, if you're into really weird shit that's depressing, then... By all means, go check out Antichrist. No, even then, I'm not sure you should. It's gross. It was a general mutilation. It's, it's not Jesus, great. God. Yeah. But anyway, so but it's a very serious movie. Uh, very serious, terrifying, gross movie. And 
I love snow caps. So we're going to this movie and I get snow caps because we're going to the movies. Why not get snow caps? Well, the thing about snow caps is they're a very crunchy candy. They're very loud. Yeah. So there's this really serious movie going on. It's all on, those little non-correls like on there's top like these of the chocolate mounts. Quiet moments in between moments of like absolute horror and like <laughs> complete silence. Everyone in the theater is horrified, and you just hear, <laughs> and I swear, like I don't know if these were like super loud snow caps, <laughs> but like to me, like they. I don't know, like, my, my, like, I thought it was just in my head, like, I could hear it really loud, until my roommate shushed my chewing of the snow caps. So, snow caps, everyone. Enjoy them. At Lars von Trier movie, or at a porn theater. Or, you know, at the latest Star Trek, which is quite loud, so would, would, would come that, out That's the thing, I feel, I feel like snow caps are the ideal movie snack for summer blockbuster yeah. film. Not yeah. great for Lars von Trier yeah. think pieces on general mutilation. Exactly. So, Ames, anything else about your start? That's background? all I've got, and I don't know anything about Lars von Trier or general I'm mutilation. I'm glad I don't. So, we're back to me. Uh, <laughs> back to you, Chris. Thank you. Uh. Thank you, Jake. So, my, my background is, is, as far as I know, you know, I, it's sort of just, you know, Star Trek's always existed for basically all, well, yes, definitely all of us, not even basically. You know, we were all kids when Next Generation was running, things like that. So I don't distinctly remember how I came to it, but if I had to take a guess, it was probably the original series movies because they were on, you know, cable all the time back then. You know, from there I would have seen the original series. I remember it was weird. It wasn't on any of the local channels that I knew of, uh, but it was on like a New York station that could be picked up here sometimes. But weirdly... For vague FCC reasons, they weren't always permitted to transmit here, but sometimes they were, so I got very spotty viewings of the original series over the years as a kid. It took me until very late in the Next Generation's run to kind of start paying attention to the rest of Star Trek, so I probably watched the last season or two of that with some regularity, probably, but it's all a pretty big haze. I watched more or less all of Deep Space Nine. Like, there was a lot of the earlier seasons I had to catch up on reruns, so I may have holes in that knowledge that I don't remember. You know, and I like that a lot. I watched Voyager for far longer than I should have, because it started when I was young and just didn't think, I, I don't have to watch this awful, awful show with its terrible Borg lady. Um, and then Enterprise... Ooh, the terrible Borg lady? Seven to nine. Seven of Nine is one of the best characters. She has no arc. She has a... Okay. No, but she's got plenty of curves. <laughs> like, they, they pretended she had an arc, but like every time they did an episode where it was like Seven of Nine learned something about her humanity, by the next episode where they do that, she forgot everything she learned in the previous Learn Something About Her Humanity episode. Mm, uh, I, I, I could be wrong. I could be we're misremembering. Gonna to, we're going to have to revisit some of this, because I, I don't know. I well, think, that's I think the plan. Four years from now, you're going to eat your words, Chris. I, or my, I maybe, might eat mine. I mean, you know, I might have slightly fonder memories of, of Voyager than I mean, Chris. To, to be fair, Seven of Nine sold it with the bouncy bits, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think... You know, I think obviously there was some... The, the producers were going for something with that casting choice. I don't know. I, I don't... I think that to say that, you know, Seven of Nine is a pair of tits is selling selling the character short. That's fair. And also the performance. I think, you know, Jerry Ryan was a... Was, yeah, I think did, she did, did... Did a good job She did that. well with what she was given. I just think what she was given... Could have been better. I mean, I do vaguely recall. I feel like her and Robert Ricardo had pretty good chemistry. I feel they like did. Once the writers realized that, they put them together like... All, and that's one thing I'll give Voyager. If I remember, it's basically... Once they realized who worked well together, they put them together a lot. Yeah. Also, I, I do have a soft spot. I think. I might hate it when we get to it. But I have a soft spot for the holodeck fuck-up episode where they're stuck in Tom Paris's Flash Gordon mm. knockoff. Which goes so far as to make the world monochromatic. Yeah, including the humans. That yeah. Are in there, which, yep. which doesn't make a lot of sense, does Not it? Not a lick. No. I mean, it, th- I mean, look, we're talking about a magic box that can manipulate light so that it's solid. I suppose saying that it can just restrict what spectrum you see, that's 
that's the most believable part when you get right down yes, to it. That's a good point. Um, there are there are so many like mental illusion episodes as it is. I yeah. I wouldn't put it past them to like be sticking it in every holodeck yeah. moment that yeah. we see. And actually, so most recent, what kind of sparked off this idea for me was uh, you know, I saw Beyond and I decided you know I'm gonna I'm gonna give Enterprise another go because I vaguely recalled watching at least some of it when it first aired and then giving up on it partway through, partly because I didn't care and partly because I went to college and didn't have a TV. And so I was watching it before I decided, let's get people together and just go through all of it. And uh, so I've been sticking with it, because it's going to be a while anyway till we actually get to it. And um, you know, I found I've actually been enjoying it more than I thought I was going to. It's, it's better than I remember, so maybe Voyager will be better than I remember. It's not quite as, you know, often like going winking, you know, we're a prequel. I mean, it does still fucking do that, but not as much as I thought it did. Uh, if only we had some sort of directive, perhaps... They do that a lot. The first or primary director. Yeah, they do do that a little too much in the first season. You know, the, the special effects aren't as bad as you'd expect from a 15-year-old television show. Uh, although both uh, Scott Bakula and the guy that plays the chief engineer have these awful early 2000s, like, frosted hair dye jobs that those haven't aged well. Those mm. are fucking painful to look at. I've gotten to season three and Bacula has gotten rid of his, but the engineer has not. It's it's a little, it's less bright, but it's still there. And you're just like, eh, why? They also very awkwardly, like, changed the Vulcan's wig and changed how they drew her eyebrows on very blatantly between seasons really? two and three. And you're just like, okay, the wig, you can, maybe she grew her hair out, but yeah. her, her eyebrows changed dramatically. Hmm. And I guess they just, like, what? <laughs> well, she. Yeah, changing her look. I know that the eyebrows are like a key component of Vulcans, but I couldn't help but feel like a little flutter of pride, like, aw, he noticed the eyebrows. I've done my job. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so blatant, because she had a much more like subtly done sort of angle to her eyebrows in the first two seasons, and then suddenly in the third one it's just like, nope, full 45 degree crazy town. Very mm. straight, having had sort of a very slight curve before. You're like, this is... This is weird. But they also got her out of that awful cat suit they had her in and put her in a different jumpsuit, which admittedly is still very clingy, but less like, less, come on, guys. Do so they clingy. still do the decontamination chamber? Oh my god, they skipped it for so much of season two and suddenly it's back in season three. It's mm. so... What's the deal with this decontamination chamber? Gratuitous, when you come back from a, you know, from an away mission. Because they don't have the like... In the, the the concept in later Trek is that there's just decontamination process built into transporting, but this is the early days, and they're mostly using shuttles. So they don't transport the germs. That's pretty good. So when they yeah. so when they get back to the ship, they have to go into the decontamination chamber, strip down, and then rub like decon gel. Decon gel, which is basically. You know, basically blue cum on each other. It's really weird. Wait, they have to do it on each No, they don't have to do it on each other. When they do it on themselves. Okay. But then inevitably they need someone else. Show like, can you get my back? Yeah. They, they put the always cum on my a, back. And, and the worst they, part is like... They mud wrestle in like a kiddie pool full of de- decon gel. Yeah. Oh, and they, and they, they like pay some lip service <laughs> to trying to make it like equal opportunity. They'll have like the chief engineer take off his uh, tank top. But it's like, it, no offense to the Hey, actor, would you mind but... rimming me while you put some of this blue cum on my back? <laughs> yeah. But he's like, I mean, they try, but he's like, he's just not that fit. He just looks like some guy, you know? I mean, he's thin, but he's not really got any definition or anything like that. He's a fairly, I mean, his 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 boxer briefs are quite tight, and there is something going on there. But I feel like it is still mostly very male gaze, the decon chamber. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, you can tell that, it, it, you know, and I feel like with the Seven of Nine, who was... You know, a T a T and A actor. If they just given her know, a TNA character a better a outfit, she could have been taken more seriously. Yeah, and I feel like they did sort of the same thing with T'Pol on yeah. on Enterprise yeah. and the decontamination chamber did not help that assumption. No, oh god, or we'll get to that. We've talked a lot about Enterprise. Sorry about that, everyone. So yes. My experience at the end of the day was was mostly the original series, and like I said, I saw a lot of the newer stuff, but in the intervening years since, you know, DS9 ended and I gave up on Voyager and all that, I've mostly only gone back to the original series and the original series movies. So for me, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, more of Next Gen. And again, testing, you know, is Voyager better than I remember? Does DS9 hold up? God, I hope it holds up because I've invested a lot of faith in that show and I'll be crushed if it's actually kind of bad. I know... 
when it first hit Netflix, I tried rewatching it from the beginning, and kind of like Next Gen, the first season's a touch uneven. It really hits its stride, I feel, when they start getting into the Dominion arc. Yeah. Yeah, which I feel like is generally the, the consensus. Yeah. Once, once Cisco shaves his head and gets the goatee. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of... A lot of good Trek, bad Trek can be broken down to at what point did a character grow facial hair? Yeah, thank yeah. God. I was going to say the Riker beard. I was, gonna yeah. say, I was just going to say, isn't that a thing with Riker as well? Yeah. Um, He's like I, a different person. And I think the problem is, you know, nobody ever grew a beard on Voyager, I don't think. Janeway could have done it. Ooh. Wow. Ouch. Would it, I, so let's think of this, right? Would it have suited any of them? Uh, I mean, the only of of the you know, I cannot. I'm trying to picture like Harry Kim in a with a beard, and that just doesn't work. No, and Tom Paris is too baby faced. Well, I mean, he's like he's he's supposed to be like boyishly yeah. ambitious. It would ruin that. Um, Vulcans don't do facial hair except in mirror universes. True, um, and. I mean, the doctor could have done it, probably. He, yeah. Oh, I could have pulled it. He could have pulled it off. Uh, Chakotay, I don't know. I mean, I have so many problems with Chakotay's character. I know you do. Belana. Neelix. Oh, yeah, Neelix. Neelix well, with a beard. Well, he kind of has, like, wisps, doesn't yeah. he? I will say, not to bring it back to Enterprise again, but just very briefly, I remember thinking, oh, God, is the doctor in this just Neelix with a degree? But no, he's actually a character you don't want to see thrown out in airlock. It was very yeah. refreshing. Fucking Neelix. Yeah, I really feel that Neelix pulled down Kess as a character in Voyager 2. See, I Kess was so long ago now, I barely remember her, mm. so I, I really don't know if I, if I can say it was that, or again, just the writers doing her a disservice. I mean, the, the, I mean, the problem with Kess and the Okampa as a species is ridiculous. Don't they live to like nine? They live or to some nine. They live to yeah. nine, and they're like only fertile for like a day or some nonsense. <laughs> it's it's It's... That's not a long it's commitment really... to the show, at least. Yeah. Well, you've aged out. So long, actor. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. They, they, the way they wrote her out of the show didn't even involve her crazy short life. Right. It was just like, yeah, she's going off to. Well, she like I think she pulled a Wesley Crusher. She evolved or something. Yeah. Well, she yeah. Uh, she comes back too, and it's yeah. She's yeah. No, it, it's yeah. not great. No, okay, Ames. Now I'm gonna start making up names and talk about how I feel like that character. Was really a letdown. Oh, but they could have used a beard. Yeah, a beard would have been great for good old Glarbnap, the well, Glarbnap did the have Tartarian. A beard. <laughs> he was a Tartarian. He was a Colarian. I'm pretty well. Actually, I'm pretty sure he was a Tartarian. <laughs> uh, you, you, you might be right there. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get nerd voices for the for the rest of the time? I couldn't oh. keep it up that long. I couldn't. I ah, that's what he said. Ah, very um. good. Oh yeah. Was... So I guess yeah, it's, we've been sort of just rambling about random things, but to sort of have a, a point, I would say, uh, Caitlin, is there anything in particular you're maybe looking forward to, either in sort of a positive way or even in a sort of a masochistic yes way. <laughs> Thank you, Ames. Uh, you know, like, what are you looking looking forward to as part of this project, even if it's stuff that is down the line always? You mean aside from spending all this quality time over the next seven years with you three? Aww. No, but really. I don't really know. Like, when I was growing up, my cousins were really into TNG, and I had kind of taken the... Star Wars side of the, you know, infamous Star Wars or Star yes, Trek wars. Yes. I know, I know. And so, like, my cousins would be watching TNG, and I'd be like, ugh, that's really lame. Let's go watch Star Wars instead. And they'd be like, no, fuck off. We're watching They don't this. even have lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially back then, there was less, like, at least nowadays, there's a lot of Star Wars series. So you can say, yeah, let's watch some episodes of Star Wars. Back, there were just movies back then. So you were asking mm. for a bigger commitment. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's interesting that you bring up this, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek. Because when, when I was a kid, I, I was so into Star Trek that, you know, I was aware of Star Wars, that it was a thing, but it was not on my radar remotely. That, that you know, and, and this is this is going to be a very controversial thing for me to say, but but my real first exposure to Star Wars was probably the 97 special edition. Re- I, I know, I know, yes. Yes, yes. I know, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, in, in my world... 
Greedo shoots first. Oh. Um, what a world to live in. I know, it's And horrible. Jabba shows up to oh, repeat Jabba shows the information up. that Greedo yeah, just told I, us. And be a big... Fucking a big lippy computer frog animated mess of something. <laughs> yeah, in, in my defense, I have since rectified that. I actually own, or you know, uh, I have acquired copies of the uh, legally, legally, live, totally legally copies of the uh, the theatrical uh, Star Wars uh, cuts, and I do I do admit their superiority uh, in almost all the in almost all ways. Uh, the, the the remastered sound is, is pretty nice on the special edition. Mm. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, you know, when I was a little kid, it was funny. I can remember watching Star Wars and being like, oh, oh, this is a lot like Spaceballs. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love Space. Like Spaceballs was one of my top movies when I was a kid. I, I didn't. I, I it didn't. You know, it never came into my psyche that oh, that might be a parody of this other thing. I absolutely love that Spaceballs works without even knowing the source material. Oh, it's yeah. so funny. Uh, yeah. Takes on whole new layers, though, if you do. That's true. Of course. Well, so Pullman. does the episode of The Simpsons. How come Bill Pullman was never on Star Trek? He'd be a great, like, admiral that turns out to be evil and you're in no way surprised when it happens. So, any admiral whatsoever? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. We, could, we, should, we should do an episode just, like, a litany of admirals and their crimes. <laughs> We'd be here uh, for a month. Yeah. To the know. blog post of that I joke. mean, you know, not just, like, actual crimes, but, like, just, like, being a dick. Like, like, Necheyev? Oh. Yeah. Well, even, even Kirk breaks... Admiral Kirk. So many Oh, rules. yeah. Oh, not just... I mean, he destroyed a spaceship. Admiral. Admiral Kirk. Admiral... <laughs> So yeah, so you were saying, Caitlin, about uh, TNG before we went on the Star Wars tangent. Oh yeah, I'm just looking forward to watching TNG, and actually I'm especially looking forward to Data and his cat in particular, um, because I am a crazy cat lady, but also because um, I find Data like oddly attractive. Ew, sorry, gross. No, I'm but with you on that. I hope Brent Spiner is listening. Oh good. Can we, can we write naughty naughty fan fictions together? I'll let you write those. Oh, um, I'm going to write I'll a lengthy watch. one about the Enterprise Engineer. I don't know who that is, so good one. The, the guy I was talking about was kind of had a bit of a bulge earlier. Oh, bulge good. And oh. Here we were so glad tips. that you had noticed eyebrows, but you're you, noticing so much more. Do you think his pubes are frosted as well? Oh, of course. It was 2002. As far as I understand, that was just all the rage back then. I mean, I certainly. Never mind. You have frosted pubes right now, don't you, Jake? He does. Yeah. Chris, and I mean, why do you I, know that? We're talking about, like, frosting, like cake frosting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, God. That's what that smell is. So, Ames. <laughs> I thought it was his butt crack. <laughs> Inside Ames, joke callbacks. What, what are you looking forward to as part of this increasingly weird-sounding project? You mean other than spending all this quality? Oh, Caitlin already told you. <laughs> that joke. Someone send help. Call <laughs> the police. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm interested in seeing you know how how far we last before we realize this is all a terrible terrible idea. I am a stubborn motherfucker. No, this it, is the three great. of you might quit. It will just be me alone on this mic. Mm-hmm. I will with, take with any cats. excuse to watch but Star Trek. But he'll still be at your kitchen table. Yes. He'll be like, we've asked you to leave. He's like, fuck you, I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I feel like I need, like, there are so many gaps in episodes I've seen, in series I've seen, that should get fixed, considering considering Jake has been trying trying very hard to show me all of the stuff that he likes. But, no, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I look forward to cracking stupid jokes that no one else will get. Oh. And shooing this cat off the table. Oh, hi, oh, kitty. Whichever gym this is. This That's is Whitey. Jalad. I couldn't, I couldn't see if it was the one with the stripe or not. Whitey slash Jalad slash Jim. Slash Jim. <laughs> Jake, what are you looking forward to in talking with us for the next seven or eight years? Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's... Uh, it's spending quality time with well yeah I mean it's spending quality time <laughs> Good joke. with my friend um, I don't know I'm really looking forward you know I, I've seen I'm not gonna I probably haven't seen every every episode I certainly haven't seen every episode of, of Enterprise have you seen all of the animated series uh, no actually I haven't Ooh. seen I've only seen a few episodes of the animated series 
Um, I think you're the only one that has any experience with yeah. the animated series. Yeah, like, it's not great. I mean, it's it's like a 70s cartoon. Like yeah, Amer- American animation from like the 60s to the early 80s was mostly toss. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked they got the actual voice, you know, the actual original series actors to do the voice acting. Except, Except for- Walter Koenig, who they were like, fuck that, he's too expensive, which like, seriously, Walter, can I call you Walter? Like, you were too expensive for this project, what were you doing? Well, and I, I, I feel like it was probably less that Walter Koenig asked for too much. More like they realized, shit, we don't have money for all of them. We're going to cut either Sulu or Chekhov. They flipped a coin, you know, to K called heads, and look at that. Well, so this is so this is an anecdote. I think I heard James Doohan tell. Everybody this. gather around. It's Jake's Anecdote Corner. Jake's Anecdote Corner, yes. I uh, we have one of these. Can we have a little episode? theme song, a little anecdote jingle for... Corner. There you go. Nice. Um... That uh, Leonard Nimoy, uh, well, when they when they decided to do <laughs> fucking Leonard Nimoy, hated Walter Koenig. <laughs> he talked Koenig out of it as a prank. Well, no, when they did when they were doing doing going to do the animated series, the producers of the animated series only originally hired Shatner, Nimoy, and I think DeForest Kelly, uh, and that was all they were going to do. They were just going to get other people to voice the other characters, and Nimoy said to the producers, well, if you don't hire everybody else, all the rest of the cast, I'm, I'll walk. Whoa. Good so on him. Fucking Leonard, what a great guy. So that, so that's why they ended up getting most of the rest of the cast. I wonder, he's like, you get most of the rest of the cast, but fuck that Walter guy. He still owes me $5. Um, but yeah, so that's how they ended up getting you know, the majority of the uh, original cast onto the animated show. And that's how we wound up with a three-armed alien voiced by Doohan at the helm instead. And some yep. kind of weird cheetah person yeah. borrowed from 80s, uh, yeah. 80s Doctor Who of the future somehow. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, you're right, I blew it. I think it's funny, though, that like... Futurama was willing to go the extra mile to get all of the surviving cast members, <laughs> oh, yeah. but the people who made the animated series were like, fuck that Koenig well, kid. Because the people who make Futurama cared more about Star Trek, clearly. I don't know, they mm. both have very rabid fan bases, too. So. Mm. Yeah, it's true, true. Literally rabid. Literally. Frothing get them, them tested. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh, space madness. Space madness. I know it's not actually Star Trek related, but I feel like we made three or four references to that episode. Now we have to talk about that at some point. I don't know what you guys. What Ren and Stimpy? The Ren and Stimpy space episodes that are not at all Star Trek, but you know, again, we just made enough jokes at this point. Lots of space madness. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a bonus round at some point, some week when we haven't had time to meet and we need a twenty-minute one-off. Well, we'll we'll do. We'll have we'll have little one-offs where we just talk about whatever. We'll call it Ten Forward. I don't get it. It's the lounge in Next Generation. That uh, Whoopi Goldberg occasionally served drinks at when they could be bothered to pay for her to show up. Uh, I love Whoopi Goldberg. And her strange hats. Wait, so she's the bartender? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought she was... Bartender with a twisted past. And no eyebrows. Bartender and better counselor to Picard than the person who's paid to be his counselor. Or not paid, however Star Trek economy works. They're going to be paid. They're not paid? I don't know, in 4, Kirk claims they don't use money, and in First Contact, where Picard is constantly jerking himself off about how great the future is to poor Alfred Woodard, she cuts him down a peg, though, that's great. They, they make it sound like they don't really have money, so I don't know how they interact. They, they do talk about, but, you know, there's, it's sort of, you know, I feel like the, in, within the Federation, it's a, it's a, post, is it a post-scarcity society, so... Yeah. They don't really deal much with money, but I feel like there must be some sort of stipend or per diem that... that I mean, there's, there's got to be there something are, there because... There are credits mentioned in Trouble with Tribbles. And in, yeah, that, that the whole not money thing seems to have come in sometime around the movies. Cause, well, but then in DS9, like, the economy and, like, you know, Gold Press Latinum is, like, a huge part of Well, that's of the thing. That. They're, they're at least, even if that's not something they normally use, they clearly deal enough with species that have traditional economic setups that they've got to have something. Because how else? They can't just barter with the entire galaxy right. that isn't the Federation. But the point is, the reason I think that, that Guinan is on the Enterprise is because she has a, shares a kinship with uh, with Picard, so she's really just there to kind of hang out, hang out, and uh, I don't know. there's some there's some interesting fan theories about Guinan and why she's there and how her and Picard are, are intertwined in their destinies. 
Ooh. Yeah, it's very interesting. I will say that fuck Guinan because <gasps> she sends... She, you know, maybe she didn't quite know what she was doing, but she inadvertently sent Tasha Yar back in time to get gang raped by Romulans. Whoa. Jesus Christ! Oh, yeah. PNG gets serious. She, I don't know if it was a gang rape. Sorry, gang I rape? Thought, I mean, I know what you're alluding to, but holy shit, I hope it doesn't get that dark. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's definitely held prisoner and, uh, and made the wife of a... Top-ranking Romulan and gives Try him a... Try saying that five times yeah. fast, top-ranking Romulan. Gives, gives him a child. Um, but yeah, it's pretty dark. Yeah. Poor Tasha. Yeah. First she gets killed by an oil slick, and <laughs> then... Uh... First she gets killed by an oil slick? Oh, Time yeah. travel's crazy. We'll get oh, there. Oh, God. We'll get there. That's a pretty good episode, from what I recall. The oil slick, or the... The, 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 the... Yesterday's Enterprise? Yeah, that's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a good episode. If it's you... also a better design of Starship, for my money. The Enterprise-C? The... Yeah, the, the Enterprise-C is kind of what I wish the Enterprise... Ambassador class? Yes, Ambassador class. Uh, yes, potentially controversial opinion. I think the Enterprise D is ugly as fuck inside and out. I know top heaviness doesn't matter in space. I don't care. It looks top heavy. It looks stupid. I hate its stupid deflector dish, which looks like a weirdly infected eye. I don't <laughs> like its shitty beige carpets. You know, I just oh. I think that when they did the uh, for all, for anything bad you can say about generations. The lighting on board the Enterprise improved immensely. They also added those weird little side panels. Yeah, little extra little stations on the bridge. Yeah, yeah. That they did hired help. a lighting designer? Maybe. They also I, toned down the beige, I feel yeah, like. I think what it was is that it was probably a technical thing. You know, On television, everything has to be really bright. Yeah. Because mm. you don't know how different people's TVs are going to... Yeah. But for the movie, you can... You have a better dynamic range in that film. Again, not that we're going to get there for a while, but that's even better exemplified by an episode of Enterprise where they have the gall to think they can do Rurapente again. What? First of all, not only is it, like, tiny and cramped. Of course. You could justify it as it's a different, newer mind, but whatever. But it's also just so well lit. And I'm just like, huh, this was a terrible idea. Thank God it's only in it for, like, ten minutes. Are they outside or inside? Oh, indoors. Okay. And it is in the in the in the mines. So well lit. and for some reason they're using like just pickaxes instead of the weird laser cutters they had. Well, in the it is a, it is like a hundred years earlier. I'm sure the Klingons had had laser cutters a hundred years earlier. Like how you say Klingons. Klingons. Well, because it's 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 still the original series. They're not Klingons yet. Okay. And then they go to Row Rococo and they have to. <laughs> I don't know. Rococo? I'm making shit up again. Cause, oh, because okay. you the last couple minutes have just been us two. Sorry, and me being Doing like I again. have no idea what's happening. Rurapente is a Klingon prison moon. Oh, it's got a whole moon, huh? I think yeah, so. it's, it's the place they send uh, Kirk and McCoy in Star Trek Six. So it's space Australia. Yeah. Kind of, but yeah. you're expected to die. But it's basically, he... like, let's just put it this way. Robert Falcon Scott would have had a bad time on Rurapente. Robert Falcon Scott had a bad time pretty much wherever he went. That's a good point. I was actually just thinking about Antarctica, so I'm glad that Robert Falcon Scott has been brought into the yeah, conversation. Rurapente is basically, it's basically if you built a prison on Hoth from, from yeah. Star Wars. Oh, snap. Yeah. yeah. But there is no guard towers no electronic frontier. <laughs> Why did he have that accent? He was I don't know. Klingon. It was like a, like a Russian guy or something. Because that whole movie, movie was, was an about allegory the end of the Cold for War, the Cold yes. War. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry, we we did it again. Is that the one where he kicks this alien in, in his the knee? Space balls? I mentioned that earlier. Yeah, yeah. space yeah. balls. In oh, space balls. Yeah. Space balls. Iman was in it. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Uh, David Bowie's wife. Yeah. Oh, sure. Sexy sure. lady. She yeah. is very good looking. And in Christopher Plummer, uh, was yeah. it Christopher Plummer? Yep, as yeah. a Shakespeare quote in Clayton. And they, and like, I, I read somewhere that like he was like, when they were like, this is what the Klingons look like, he was like, I'm not wearing that makeup. So like they revised, the, like because he's Christopher Plummer, he was able to dictate this, so they revised the Klingon makeup. So his, instead of having like the full on. He's ridges, got a much flatter ridge. He's just got like, he's just got like a couple of dots. Like a couple of like little ridges. Why, why did Christopher Plummer have this kind of sway? So he was fucking Captain Von Trapp. Who gives a shit? What has he done lately? Yeah. Well, apparently, him and him and Shatner also went back years. You'll wear the so. prosthetics and you'll like it, motherfucker. I mean, honestly, though, he has a good, distinct look, so it it ended up working. Whatever yeah, the it's reason. true. And like his, he had a cool eye patch. He like, did. 
bolted right into his skull. I just can't get into when actors are like, I'm not going to do this thing. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, you are. You're going to do it. You're fucking getting paid to do this. Don't act like you're better than this. I mean, Fucking Michael Caine made Jaws 4. You trying to tell me you're too good for some forehead? Get the fuck out of here. You realize how many people move to L.A. hoping to do what you're doing right now for much less than we're paying you? Now, in all fairness, I could be... This could have been something that I read... Long time ago. I might be being unfair to Chris Plummer. He may. It could be an internet. No, it's okay. Fuck him. It could be a rumor. Just kidding. I like Chris. I'll try not to repeat anecdotes in Anecdote Corner that are only rumors. Uh, another anecdote about that movie: Christian Slater has a brief cameo. <gasps> Love Christian. Astoundingly, Slater. I, I, you'll never believe this one, listeners. I looked him up today because I was thinking, surely, surely, the expanded universe has given him a whole name and a history, and it hasn't. Really? Like, there is no, like, normally you go on Memory Alpha, which is like a big Star Trek fan wiki, but that deals in canonical content. They know what it is. Um, But there's also Memory Beta, which deals in content from books and comics and this and that. And I thought, surely there'll be a lengthy entry for his character. We've gotten a name. (laughs) He's got a trilogy of books. Yeah, exactly. And there wasn't. Which is great, actually, because what I think now is someone, due to his appearances on Archer, should retcon it that he was Section 31. Oh. Right? Section, Section Thirty One, uh, yes. whose Section role 31. in Star Trek, in you know, in the events of uh, Star Trek Six, was to wake up Captain Sulu. I believe that's the extent of his cameo. Right. Well, I mean, I'm sure there was other shit going on, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, they've like, been, they've done weirder fucking like, things with the expanded like, universe. You know, the the equivalent of Sloane in the in that time period was like, hey, Christian, I got a job for you. You're gonna go wake up the captain. Well, they had him on. Finally, my day he is here. Just, he was just on the Excelsior for reasons. And, I mean, as part of his cover, he did have his job to do. And he's sitting there like, I could be off, you know, being Space James Bond, but instead I'm going to wake up Captain fucking Sulu. It's like some kind of space slugworth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sleeper agent right where he needs to be. Basically. I wonder how Sulu got that. Like, what happened to Captain Fancy Baton? On, of the Excelsior, did he get fired? He probably got killed in a riding accident. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He seems like the kind of guy that would have. I mean, he does like to carry a fancy baton. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a riding crop, but it's too like rigid. See, I, what I my my head canon for that is that it was the keys to the Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like that. It's kind of like how now you get cars where you don't have to put the keys in the ignition. They just have to be within yeah, range it's like, it's of like the, the vehicle. Yeah, like the Bluetooth key or something. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the extent of Starfleet security, which frankly, I believe, because apparently according to Star Trek II, every starship has a catalog of every other starship's password, basically. Yeah. And if you have it, you can totally fuck everything with the systems, which... I mean, it worked out great for them in two, but... I mean, hell, the, uh, the, even the Klingon ships have, you know, un, unpatched bugs, you know? <laughs> Worf was able to drop the cloak on the... That's right! On the, uh, I don't know what the name of that ship was. Oh, I don't know, the one with the creepy sisters with the horrible yeah, cleavage. Yeah, Lorsa and Betur. Thank you. They're these with, weird. With, they have the, they're Klingons, but they have like these boob windows in their costumes, so you can like yeah. look like there's like a, just a cleavage. It's a so la awful. Power Girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, nice, mm. good. Let's objectify everybody. Yeah. I'm on board. Uh, yeah. Did anybody have any window? dick cleavage window? Uh, oh God, there was that the one area episode. where the dick meets the balls. There's one that. episode like of the Next Generation where they go to like a matriarchal planet. And so all the men are supposed to be in, like, sexy outfits, but they are clearly sexy outfits for men designed by heterosexual men who had no clue what, what, what women would have wanted. Mm, they have little windows on the butt cheeks? No, they, just, they have, like, weird... I want to say they've got, like, one peck exposed at all times. And like, Not one peck! There's maybe weird cuts in the sides so you can sort of see part of their kidney area. Like, it, nice. it's just... Oh, God. I mean, if... The modern Marvel films have taught me anything is that all women, most women really want is just low-cut enough trousers that you can see the, what's it called? It's called the inguinal crease. Yeah, that thing that Thor and Chris Evans have. And, by, and when you what's say the, the Avengers end? movies, you mean like what you've heard from me being like... No, it's not just you, I though. I just want to lick his hip. Every woman I want to lick that Every piece. straight woman you've mentioned it to has agreed that that is just the best. It's a beautiful... I don't, I don't think I've been on any of these conversations. It's um, it's that part of their hips where that V thing starts. Oh, where, where like, the... the Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. sort of like 
Mine yeah. is shaped more like a U. But it, well, it's because we're out of shape. Or like a W. Actually, it's not even that we're out of shape. You apparently have to do a very specific fitness regimen to get that. So oh. there can even be men who are all muscly that don't have that bump. Oh, I see. Yeah, you know, men that are just generally muscly, like you guys. That's right, this is radio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, with our uh, I'm so bulging sexy. biceps. But we'll, we'll teach you how to do that. My full head of hair. We'll teach you how to do that crunch so you can get the inguinal crease. But, you know, Star Trek isn't without its questionable costuming choices for men, and I think, uh, of course, of the first season, uh, TNG first season uh, male scant uniform, which is the one-piece miniskirt. Oh, that, the man uh, dress. Yeah, that, that some uh, male crew members, uh, I don't think any actual... None of the named characters. Yeah, no, though, nobody right? has a speaking role, has one, but there you'd see there are several shots of some background characters... Wandering around in, in little little one piece Whoever one drew, piece drew the shirts. short straw that day. I'd like to think that they were originally going to put Riker in one until they saw how he sat down. And they were oh. like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, get that man in the jumpsuit. Ooh. I like the Sorry. idea that everybody in the future is called Sir, but also in the future everyone, you know, wears a dress. That's that's nice. I mean, that's they, a good way clearly, to fix shit, you know? They meant well. I could see what they were going for. The execution was just terrible. I mean, at least by TNG. I mean, there are. I mean, there are definitely well, the women who wear pants. That's the women nice. are yeah. lot, are wearing pants. Yeah, I don't know. I think Starfleet is fairly forward thinking with their uniform code. I guess. Yeah. yeah but yeah, they yeah. allow they they allow for the occasional cat suit. Yeah. Uh, they allow for girdle shirts for when yeah. the captain's feeling chubby. Yeah, I like shirtles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Portmanteau Corner. <laughs> <laughs> so many corners in this room. Well, at least four. <laughs> okay, so I feel like we're maybe getting a, a, a little slap happy. Uh, and we have been going on for, you know, a while. So I think it's a good time to begin to sort of wind down, wrap up. Would we like to attempt to close this the way we were discussing? I'm up for it. I'll let you guys do it. Yeah, I we'll, we'll do let the two people who can actually sing do it. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm sure most of you know, but maybe some of you don't, is that in a dirty fucking trick to get some royalties he didn't deserve... Well, he didn't think the show was going to make any money. True. Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics to Alexander Courage's Star Trek theme... Wasn't uh, it without telling him? Without telling him, yes. Oh. Alexander Courage found out later. Oh, he, my He was dirty. at Scotch Cross. And so what we've done is we've, we've printed them out. And our own Jake and Caitlin are going to attempt to sing them. Uh, I believe to a certain extent we're, we're, we're slightly, uh, we're using the arrangement. Tenacious D worked Match out. the vocal chords? I think so, because if you try to do it to the theme, as we've shown in our many off-air experiments, it doesn't actually work. You know, and again, it's just this bit. It's, yeah, it's, that little bit. Exactly. Little bit. I, might, I might have to follow your lead on this. This is a bit of an impromptu duet, so. Yes, God knows. Oh, we God. may do this four or five times, listeners. You You'll say, get the one that works. When you say duet, do you mean we should just trade off lines? Because I feel like if we... No, 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 it, duet it, duet it. It's going to... No, I think I think we should harmonize awful. with it. I think you know. Yeah, what? you want to build in some harmonies no, right here, right now, yeah, our first go. Let's let's. This is going to be an improv harmony performance. <laughs> amazing. Of the theme song to Star Trek. I'd go to this concert. This is going to be awful. Um, Awfully great. It it okay. The, ba- the the what I think should be retroactively titled the Ballad of Carol Marcus. Oh boy. Okay. All right, are you ready? Um, I'll never be ready. And a one, and a two, and a three, and a four. Okay, so a lot of off-air discussion and experimenting and attempts happened. We've ultimately decided on this song is terrible. Oh, it's so bad. There's no way to make it sound good, so you're going to have just all four of us doing our level best. It's about cheating on your wife in space. Well, no, it's... Well, we'll get into that later. Uh, Infidelity! Uh, Jake, if you'd like to count us off. All right. One, two, three, four. Beyond the rim of the starlight, my love is wandering in star flight. I know he'll find in star-clustered reaches love. Strange love a star woman teaches. I know his journey ends never. His Star Trek will go 
on forever. But tell him while he wanders his starry sea. Remember, remember me. And we just lost our entire audience. I don't know. I don't think that was half as bad as we think it is. I mean, I mean, it's, they, it's they, not. There I mean, will be comments on the SoundCloud to tell us. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that was that was rough. I mean, what we should do, we should get into the studio, get some accompaniment. We could knock this one out, I think. Uh, I would love to do that. This is, I would actually love to do that. This is going to be, this is going to chart. I, I'm just telling you. All right, all right. As long as you guys redub my voice in. Ew, that's gross. <laughs> so you don't want to listen to that? this. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a bug. You touched some weird growth on my Why arm. do you have your weird growth on your arm? <laughs> and this has been the first episode of a star to steer her by. Next week, we'll get into the project proper. We're going to do both the pilots, so we're going slightly out of order in that we're plucking Where No Man Has Gone Before out of its usual order. We're going to do The Cage, Where No Man Has Gone Before, uh, you know, coming next week. Uh, please join us. This has been Chris. Jake. Caitlin. And Ames. Please follow us on Twitter at SSHB Podcast. Uh, we're also on Tumblr is as SSHB Podcast. We've already got a little content up there now, some discussion of uh, uniform designs over the years, at the very least. And uh, just search for us on Facebook. I started to steer her by. We have a Facebook page. Feel free to give us a like. Uh, oh, and our theme is from Debussy's La Mer. Uh, we as obtained via museopen.org, M-U-S-O-P-E-N.org, a... Uh, an archive of royalty-free music, and special thanks to our friend, music librarian Kristen, who located it for us off of the very vague uh, directive of I need it to be sound like Star Trek without being Star Trek. So much like these lyrics. Very much. Wouldn't it be great if it was like a singular directive? Some kind of primary directive? Like the first directive. Yeah. first directive. Interesting. Directive A. Oh, okay. Ministers of Grace defend us. Bye.